Hey everybody, what's up? I'm Paige. And I'm Chris. And welcome back to Animates. Uh, to begin this new episode, our, our, our spooky season episode, I would like to begin by singing you the song of my people. <laughs> you know, Danny Fenton, he was just 14 when his parents built a very strange machine. It was designed to view a world unseen. He's gonna catch him all. Tease Danny Phantom. <laughs> now, uh, we here in the podcast I had to space, stop due to copyright protection. Don't, yes, don't understand how copyright works, but I do often hear people say less than 10 seconds or some <laughs> such nonsense. I don't know if that's true, but I feel like that soundbite was enough to really get you into the spirit of the episode. Oh my god, I hate you. Okay, I just want everyone to rest assured, our listeners to know, I can I can do the whole thing, including all the backing vocals, including when he's like, phantom, phantom, I can do the whole thing. If you put that on a dating profile, I definitely wouldn't ghost you. I'm gonna kill you. <laughs> well, then I'd be a ghost, and then I'd be able to go <laughs> hang out with Danny Phantom. So today, obviously, we are talking about Danny Phantom. If this is a show you're unfamiliar with, we're going to do our regular unraveling here of its of its run and what it is. So just in case you don't know, Danny Phantom was a television show that ran for 53 episodes. It's a little weird because there were some like our there's some extended episodes that are a little longer than normal, but. It ran for 53 episodes, so it was a pretty, you know, by by cartoon standards, we generally consider that a success. And Yeah, syndication, syndication magic number. It ran on Nickelodeon. Mm-hmm. It was a property by Butch Hartman. Well, not a pro. that sounds weird. Butch Hartman created the show. Butch Hartman yes, if you showrunner. Yeah, Butch Hartman if you'll recall, uh, also show ran Fairly Odd Parents. Yes. Um so it ran from 2004 to 2007. It won 5 Annie Awards. Um even in like recent years, it's continued to receive like attention and critical acclaim. Um, and it is now to the point where it's now even considered by many people to be Butch Hartman's uh, best work. Um, or if not that, you know, at least his most uh, well received work. Which um, I mean, is is pretty high. It's a pretty high standard, given the fact that Fairly Odd Parents is still generating content. Now, granted, it's the Insane. dead zombie reanimated corpse of Fairly Odd Parents, but still. Yeah, I'm pretty sure Butch Hartman hasn't been associated with it in like a decade or more at this point. Good for him. I I love that journey for him. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so Danny, oh, Danny Phantom, in many ways, I feel like is sort of an encapsulation of a lot of what was great about Nickelodeon and a lot of the voice actors we are now very familiar with and also just peak early 2000s. It, it premiered in 2004 and ended in 2007, which I was in high school, uh, 
2005 to 2009. So it was, it did, it did kind of like come in the twilight <laughs> years, uh, so to speak. Um, but it pretty much is just, is just a blast. Yeah, so it was on when I was in middle school, and I'm pretty sure I was, like, the exact target demographic for the show. Um, I think the target demo for Danny Phantom is slightly older than Fairly Odd Parents. Fairly Odd Parents is more aimed at, like, elementary school, like, upper elementary school-aged children, whereas, like, Danny Phantom was clearly aimed at, like, middle school, like, you know, tween, early adolescent kids. So I was in... I started middle school in fall of 2003 and I finished middle school in spring of 2007 so it it overlaps almost exactly um with when I was in middle school um and I can tell you what I watched the shit out of that show loved that show it was great um especially uh for me as a young budding bisexual because uh it had both Danny many 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 millennial girls cartoon crush and also the cute goth chick love that too yeah looking back i think i i do feel a little bit of regret because i didn't i didn't get to watch as much of the show as i probably would have liked at the time i was really mm -hmm. making my transition to spending most of my animation hours watching anime sure like the shit that was on toonami uh and mm -hmm. playing computer video games so I, I didn't, I, I sort of missed the train a little. I mean, I still saw it. I still know, knew that it was good, but I, I had realistically probably only seen a handful of episodes before deciding to sit down and actually watch it. Yeah, I'm pretty sure I, only, there were only, I really think it was only the hour long episode that I was like, I don't think I've seen this before. All of the usual length episode, I was like, yes, I recall this episode. You know, I remembered the vast majority of it. Um, even though like, I was never like, I was never a kid who was like, I watch this show when it comes on, you know, with cartoons because like we weren't allowed we essentially weren't allowed to be like that because at the time it was like a new episode of this cartoon is airing my parents were like that's no longer child tv time that's grown-up tv time uh you don't get to be in control of the tv at 7 30 at night no we're in control of the tv <laughs> and then when i was a teenager we had another tv and they're like yeah if you want to watch the new episode of grassy you can go in the other room and watch it on the tiny tv you know oh my god the indignities of being a child Right. Yeah. It was like eventually I, you know, I got a TV in my room and everything like that, you know, when I was in high school. But yeah, when I was like the age that I would care about, like, oh, there's a, like a new episode of this Nickelodeon cartoon. They were like, no, absolutely not. I don't fucking give a shit if there's a new episode of Danny Phantom on. Um, so we just always watched cartoons in the afternoon, like whichever ones were on at the time, you know? Well, now we're adults with TVs and I can watch whatever the fuck I want, mom. Yeah, yeah, I have a power Paramount Plus fucking add-on to Prime and everything. <laughs> okay, that... So I can watch all this shit. <laughs> that definitely would have been just a bunch of babble to a person in 2004. Oh my god, yeah, they would be like, what? <laughs> what? <laughs> Par like, Paramount, like, Paramount, like, the movie studio? Like, with the mountain? They're yes. related to this? What's in, Prime? <laughs> in the future, they will open a subscription service that constantly loses money. 
Yeah, and they'd be like, Prime, what's Prime? And you'd be like, okay, so Amazon.com. And they'd be like, the website where you buy books? <laughs> oh my god, I keep forgetting that Amazon started by selling books. Yo, it was like a revelation for me as a book-obsessed child. They would be like, what do you want for Christmas? I'm like, let me get on Amazon.com, and I will search the genre fantasy, and I will just look at all these books for some that sound good. I will make a list of them. Wow, can we just go back in time? I want to be a yeah. baby again. <laughs> no, what I'm are just... you talking about? I am baby. I, 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 why are you so baby? <laughs> uh, so, okay. So to Danny Phantom. So this, this fits kind of firmly in what I consider to be like that transitional period between what we've colloquially called the Renaissance period and sort of like the silver, I even recall you the silver age or something. I don't even fucking remember. Mm -hmm. There's some infographics too, but right. It's, yeah. It's, it's during the time period where like Cartoon Network was making trash and Nickelodeon was making some really good stuff. It was a you know, desolate it's like, wasteland. Yeah. Nickelodeon was like, oh, hey, we're Nickelodeon. We have Fairly Odd Parents. We have uh, Danny Phantom. We have Avatar. Um, like, SpongeBob hasn't, like, tried to kill himself more than one time yet. So, you know, it's still re reasonably fresh. <laughs> <You know? laughs> um, and... Uh, um, Cartoon Network's like, I don't know, are you interested in the grim adventures of Billy and Mandy? I'm like, Which, I don't know, okay, maybe, to be kind fair, of? I liked the grim adventures of Billy and Mandy. Uh, I was obsessed with Grimm's accent, but... Billy was very off-putting. I, yeah, I think that's sort of the problem with that style of humor. A anyway, so, like, this, this definitely... It, it's firmly planted in the old style of, of stuff, not sort of, like, the quite as emotional stuff that we get into but it is still pretty mature in its approach yeah. to like being a teenager i still to this day think that adults cannot write teenagers very well i think that they either make teenagers worse or better than they really are um yeah <laughs> I yeah think, i think you, um these guys these people are 13 and they're they're rational they're like they're making they're 14 they're in high school they're okay. freshmen in high school fine but they're still they're like making decisions they they make stupid decisions but then they also like have really smart decisions that they make and i feel like to some extent yes teenagers are can both be smart and not so smart but sometimes i just feel they're a little bit too adult in their yeah i mean things. Yeah, but I do feel like a very common plot of a Danny Phantom episode is like, D Danny's like, I'm going to do this thing. And everyone around him is like, that's really stupid. You shouldn't do that. That doesn't seem like a good idea. And he's like, fuck you. I'm going to do it anyway. I know what I'm doing. And then it has bad consequences. And everyone's like pissed off at him. And he's like, why are you pissed off at me? And they're like, because we all told you that there were going to be bad consequences. And he's like, fuck you. And then, you know, some through having to fight a ghost, he's like, okay, I understand now. There were bad consequences. I shouldn't have made that decision. I won't do that again. Yeah, it sort of does fall into the trope of like the male characters are stupid and Sam the is always the smart one. Mm -hmm. like, no, I would say like in a significant a significant number of stupid decisions that Danny makes, he's like, I'm going to make this dumb decision. And Sam's like, you shouldn't do that. It's dumb. 
And like, I would say like 90% of the time, Tucker's like, I agree with Sam. That's dumb. And you shouldn't do that. <laughs> you know? Yeah, but Tucker is very dumb in his own way. Yeah, he just, you know, likes girls and computers. <laughs> don't we all? No, we don't. <laughs> no, um, that's not true. Not you. <laughs> all right. So the conceit of the show, right? So the show is created by Butch Hartman. The conceit of the mm-hmm. show is that a young boy has parents that are ghost hunters and ghosts are real and he, you know, gets zapped by MacGuffin number one mm-hmm. and becomes part ghost, which, if you think about it at all for a second, completely doesn't make any fucking sense. Yes. But that's fine, because... I actually think their approach to ghosts is a little bit different than like they're just dead people. But yeah, yes. Let's but talk Danny, about the Danny cosmic. Phantom. <laughs> Danny Phantom is a is a boy both alive and dead. He's a boy who both died and did not die, and is trapped forever in a liminal space between life and death. I so. I think it's a little more complicated than that, but that is certainly one way to see it. Because no, because ghost ectoplasm melds with his DNA. They should. That's like his an DNA imi- becomes spooky. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So like his DNA codes for spookiness, which isn't yeah. death, right? It's something different. Anyway, uh, Danny Fenton, the Fentons, right? His family is the 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 main character with his mm-hmm. side. I, I I hesitate to even call them sidekicks, but. Um, you his know, they, Ron and Hermione. Yes, his Ron and Hermione. Uh, wow, that two. Wow, two boys and a girl really is very common setup for stuff in that period of time. It was very successful in Harry Potter, and everyone was like, two boys, girl." <laughs> the way that you said that um, <laughs> just really got me somehow. <laughs> So, right, he's he's got his best friend, Sam, who's this awesome goth chick who's voiced by the indomitable Grey Delisle. I think I always use the word indomitable with her, but <laughs> I it fits in my, it, you know, my soul feels that's right. <laughs> okay, so, um, sure. <laughs> and uh, Tucker, his nerdy, very horny sidekick, who... <laughs> Uh, I forget what Tucker's last name is. I also forget who Tucker is voiced Foley. by. Tucker Foley, Tucker voiced Foley, by Ricky yeah. Deshaun Collins. So, uh, Ricky Deshaun Collins also uh, provided the voice of Vince in Recess. <gasps> um, yeah. Oh, Recess. Yeah. Do you remember when we, like, 50 episodes ago did Recess? Nine bajillion years ago. <laughs> Pre-pandemic, even. Yeah, like, years. Like, one of, I think that was one of our first, like, in our first season. Yeah, so he's, like, that's what he's, um, oh, shit, he was also in Static Shock. Um, I so I would just, assume that he was Static Shock. I was just thinking... Okay, this is a perfect example of priming, because I was just comparing in my head, I was like, Danny Phantom feels like it might be better than a lot of shows whose conceit is being a superhero show. Mm -hmm. And for some reason, my brain was like, yeah, what about Static Shock? And I'm like, no, Static Shock was actually really good. Um, 
It was, yeah. I wonder if the reason I thought of Static Shock was because I was hearing his voice. Oh, no. Static Shock was not voiced by him. Static Shock was voiced by Phil Lamar. That's fucking right. Of course it was voiced by Phil Lamar. And Um, what's weird is that, like, Static Shock's best friend and sidekick is named Richie Foley, but is white and voiced by Jason Marsden. Um, so it looks like, like, Ricky Bashan Collins, yes, Ricky Bashan Collins, Ricky Deshaun Collins was, like, a relatively small role in that. He wasn't one of the, like, main people in that, but he was Vince, so okay. there you go. Um, so, uh, we also should say Danny was voiced by David Kaufman. Da- David Kaufman's been in a, a number of things... But, oh my gosh, fucking freak, dude, <laughs> fucking freakazoid. He was, the the reason I recognized his voice is because he plays Jimmy Olsen in the original Superman the Animated Series. Oh, okay. Yeah. He was in a movie called The Last Prostitute. <laughs> so there you go. He's like kind of an old, kind of old, really. Yeah. Like, I kind of, like, I don't know. I kind of anticipated him to be, like, slightly younger for some reason. I don't know why. He's got um, my, he's got Michael J. Fox energy. Yeah, one of his most... Okay, apparently he, was, he worked as a commercial actor, and one of his most prominent roles was as a dancing stock boy in a 1989 commercial for High C Ecto Cooler. So, there you go. Oh, and he's by... Oh, by he representation. Came, yeah, he came out on Celebrate Bisexuality Day in 2021. Oh, that's so yeah. recent. Yeah, it is. That's awesome. Uh, oh, he's in Boston Lee. Oh, guest starring roles <laughs> on <laughs> everything ever, yeah, apparently. So, so he's just like a, he's just a guy that acts in a lot of stuff. Yeah, he's a journeyman actor, which I have respect for. Journeyman, journeyman. Journeyman. Oh, he's done a fair amount of stage work in Los Angeles as well. Yeah. L.A. Yeah, there you go. There you go. Okay, so yeah. um, the other main characters, like Danny's family, which Danny's family is great. I like Danny's family much more than I like Timmy's family. Oh, uh, yeah. Uh, his dad is great. Uh, he's, I don't know how he's a scientist, but he just is. Because <laughs> he's, he's not... He, He's, he's kind of got the incompetent dad trope going on, but they do, I feel like they highlight his good qualities a lot, you know? Yeah, Danny has, like, a loving and attentive family who just are stupid. <laughs> you know? <laughs> um, it's not, uh, like, but I also think, like, his family in terms of voice acting is, like, a real, like, tour de force. So his dad, um, Jack Fenton, is voiced by Rob Paulson, whose name you might not recognize as much, but is in fucking everything ever, ever. So he's like in Pinky and the Brain. Um, He is Pinky. Uh, He was in Animaniacs. He he was uh, Mark Chang, the surfer alien on uh, um, fucking... uh, what is it called? What is the name of the show? The Fairly Odd Parents. 
Um, he's lots Mark. of voices. Mark. Yeah, Mark Chang. Yeah. Um, he's many, many voices in um, in this show, including the voice of a character that I was positive was voiced by Gilbert Gottfried. He's also, uh, his full name is Robert Frederick Paulson III. <laughs> his name is Robert Paulson. <laughs> Robert Frederick Paulson III. That's actually his um, full name. Um, so, no, there's nothing wrong with that. That's a normal name. Um, but he's also Yakko. He was um, oh, Haji in the New Adventures of Johnny Quest in the 80s. So, I don't know. It was the 80s, I guess. He was Raphael in the original run of Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. He was in all the Goofy movies. He was Carl in Jimmy Neutron. Uh, then there was a revival of the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles in which he was Donatello. Why'd they switch it up? That's a weird choice. Uh, like, he was, like, he was, like, in the 80s, he was even in shit like the Snorks and the Smurfs. The Snorks. Like, yeah, ripoff of the Smurfs. No, I yeah. know what the Snorks are. Um, do you, do you think, how do you think we should cope with going back and doing 80s shows? How, how will we not have our brains rot? I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> um, yeah, so he's, he's been in a lot of stuff. Uh, Danny's mom is played by Kath Susie. Also, like a real, you know, uh. She, she, she was dead, like, her, her performance very simple. Is very similar to like Dexter's mom. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. Dexter's laboratory. Mm-hmm. Um, Martin Mull, which it, you guys should know who Martin Mull is. If you don't, uh, Martin Mull has been in, like, he's in Clue, for example, as, mm-hmm. oh my God, the Colonel. But he also does like a lot of voice acting. He was also in what? Uh, not Boy Meets World. No, he's, oh God, he's somebody's dad in like a classic sitcom. And I'm trying to like bring it to mind. I'm struggling to bring it to mind. I'm need to, I'm just going to, I'm going to, I'm going to look at his Wikipedia. Um, <laughs> Roseanne, he was on Roseanne. No, no, it's not Roseanne that I'm remembering him from. Though he was in Roseanne. He was in Sabrina the Teenage Witch. That's he's in Two he and a Half the, Men. He, Maybe he it's the, Two and a Half Men. He was the principal in Sabrina the Teenage Witch. That's where I remember him from. I I might be remembering him from Two and a Half Men of all things. Huh. Oh, he was in Lois and Clark, The New Adventures of Superman. Um, um Yeah, he 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 does like a lot of stuff. I he he plays. Uh, oh my gosh, does he play Vlad? Yes, he's Vlad Masters. Yeah, so he's Vlad Masters, which is Danny's, you know, superhero villain foil, right? Also half ghost, again, yeah. whatever the fuck that means. And he is evil, an evil billionaire. So you know, we yeah. love him. We love the evil billionaire trope. He was also in a couple of episodes of Community. I might be recognizing like he's, but he's a classic. You're like, oh yeah, the sort of like, like a like the funny dad or a grandpa character in in many things. Yeah, you know, he, like he, he was fucking Britta's dad. Yes, yes, Britta's dad. That's who he was. Yeah. Uh, we, um, we've got Tara Strong in the mix again. Yeah, Tara Strong Kat shows Susie up to and Tara Strong. 
Yeah, Tara Strong shows up to voice a couple of characters, um, most notably Ember McLean in this one, uh, one of a, a, a ghost a ghost enemy. Cree um, Summers is in this as a supporting character, Valerie Gray. Um, then we have Kevin Michael Richardson, the man whose name I can never remember. The man who does every, who voices every deep-voiced black man in all of animation, um, and whose name I can never remember. Uh, he does the voice of Skulker. Um, I'm almost positive he's Sheriff Blubs, and if he's not, I'm gonna feel really racist. He's Gantu from uh, from uh, Lilo and Stitch. There you go. Uh, yeah. We also can't forget Ron Perlman. <laughs> yes. God, this Ron show is Perlman so... going in disguise with a high pitched voice. Ron Perlman plays uh, Danny's teacher, who's like a very realistic portrayal of a teacher, both like sad but also a person, but also like cares about teaching. Um, yeah, and, yeah. Ron Perlman's in fucking everything. I love to this. He's just uh, he's one of my favorite people. <sighs> yeah. Um, she, like, I didn't know that Ron Perlman did a lot of voice acting. Um, just briefly, Colleen O'Shaughnessy, uh, is, plays Jazz Fenton, Danny's sister. She is mostly, it seems like she mostly does anime dubs. Um, so, she's not as recognizable. But, yeah, Ron Perlman going in disguise with, like, a high-pitched voice to play Mr. Lancer, the really fantastic teacher who, uh, shouts out, um... The names of books, as a uh, as as mild oaths when things happen. Who also has the hairiest back? <laughs> Just even Ugh. fucking Perry Gilpin Roz from Frasier shows up doing voice work, and that Robert Carradine does voice work in this show. A Baldwin brother. Anna Sophia Robb, if you remember her, Taylor Lautner, like an insane, just like an insane collection of of people. John Cryer is in here. Um, like it's just like it's unbelievable the like insane like number of people and unexpected people who show up in this show. Would that bit? Would that have been before Taylor Lautner was in Twilight? Um. Yes. Okay. Yes, it would have been, but yeah, post, I... like, actual child Taylor Lautner, like, um, post Shark Boy and Lava Girl, though, probably. Oh, my God. I really have been craving Spy Kids. And <laughs> it's, it's because, it, it for some reason, it, it it's what I want to watch during, it's something I want to watch during Halloween. But Shark Boy and Lava Girl is in that same vein of yeah. weird, really weird shit. Anyway. Yeah. So that's our cast. Oh, by the way, for the record, Mark Hamill does show up. Of course he does. Well, at this point, it would be a shock if he didn't. If he wasn't there. I don't see that Tom Kenny ever showed up, though. I wonder what the deal was with that. Like, do Butch and Tom not get along? Like, it seems like a notable absence. <laughs> oh, I I wouldn't read too much into it. Because they've worked together. Like, Tom Kenny was in a bunch of shit in Fairly Odd Parents. Was he? Uh... Oh no! Was he? Yeah, I was pretty sure he. I don't think he was. This is an investigation for a later time. 
Yeah. <laughs> we'll release a special episode on an investigation on the relationship between Butch Hartman and Tom Kenny. Yeah, yeah there we go. <laughs> you know, eventually we're going to run out of content and then we'll just have to turn into uh, T TMZ, but for cartoon voice actors. <laughs> oh, man. Okay. So, yeah, like a, just a real like tour de force in terms of voice actors present in this. Um, also, I w I've got to say, like, the music in this show, really excellent. Like, very excellent, like, score for this cartoon show about ghosts. Say that again? Sorry, I didn't the hear. Score, the, the score of the show is very excellent for, for a children's cartoon about ghosts. It's, like, kind of, like, spooky and, like, electronic, you know? Yeah, yeah it's like, what even, like, synths, I guess? Theremin? Well, theremin? I don't know. synth, there's a lot of guitar. It, it's, it's got some, it's got some nice bangers. And, oh, of course, yeah. that, that theme song. That theme song. I don't, like, when I would watch it, I would not skip intro most of the time. I enjoy the Danny Phantom theme song so much. <laughs> it's just the right length. And yeah. It, like, yeah. It, it's, it's. It's perfect. It's it's truly. It perfectly perfect. tells you the premise of the story. It tells you the premise so well that there is no episode showing how Danny becomes a ghost. Take heed, Spider-Man franchises. <laughs> I mean, I think the Miles Morales stuff does it pretty well. But yeah, yeah. Uh, but I appreciate how they're like they start. They're like, look, he's a half boy, half ghost. Well, he became actually, a half boy, half ghost recently. <laughs> uh, Spider Man: The Animated Series walked so Danny Phantom's theme song could run. <laughs> just yeah, gonna, but like, just gonna say it. Yeah, I appreciate that they like. They still showed us, like, young boy struggles to adjust to his new powers and figure out what he's doing without feeling the need to devote, like, an hour-long premiere episode to him turning into a ghost, where it only happens at the end or something. So it's just, like, at the very beginning, he's like, gosh, I've had these new ghost powers for months now, and I can't figure out how to use them. And you're like, great, I know where we're at. Thank you. Thank you, expository dialogue. I did, I yeah, I did like that a lot. It definitely was much more interesting than watching some normie figure it out. Yeah, for sure. And I also like how Danny continues to get new powers periodically throughout the show. Um, oftentimes, in an hour-long episode, he'll get a new power. Like, when he gets the ghostly whale, that's dope. What a cool power. Yeah, shield. He gets the shield in. Um, I think in the episode where the the city gets sucked into the ghost zone. Yeah, it's like at the beginning we know he can, as it says in the theme song, walk through walls, disappear, and fly. Uh, he just can't do it very well at the beginning. He also has his ghost sins, which is where when a ghost is around, he goes, and like a little like wisp of like cold air comes out of his mouth, which we learn much later is actually he has an ice power that has just been dormant inside him all along, and he learns how to do ice things. So that's pretty cool. I, I think is like it it 
it works because there is kind of like a general there's like a feeling of progression but yeah you can also kind of watch an episode it it works both ways yes definitely i agree which is a hard thing to do Mm-hmm. And- yeah, it's like, it is like utterly episodic while also being very rewarding to watch in serial, you know? Yes. You could binge it and watch things progress, like relationships change. And I feel like Fairly Odd Parents didn't do that until the baby came along. But, well, I mean, no, I'm going to say that I think Butch Hartman does develop relationships between characters over time. And Fairly Odd Parents, like, they met Jorgen von Strangle and kind of became like frenemies with him. So like I I think Butch Hartman tends to do this. Yeah, and he just does it he just does it more in this show because like again, I think the target demographic is a little bit older. And you know it's like you know, you're like thirteen and you're like, I want emotional storytelling. <laughs> <laughs> I want the wheel they won't they to progress. <laughs> when when I was 13, I wanted to watch giant robots blow up other giant robots. I think we wanted very Well, you were things. a boy. <laughs> I also cried when people died, so I was multifaceted. <laughs> you hmm, You can't you guys can't. It's a visual medium, so you can't see the face I'm making at Paige, but it is crinkly. Yeah, his face is so scrunchy. Um, but <laughs> so, so yeah, so he like basically it's 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 really a coming of age story, I'd say. You know, he um he like progresses in his understanding of how to like use his powers. He progress- progresses in his understanding of how to face these ghostly enemies. He also progresses in his understanding of like his himself and like how to manage his his relationships um and you know how his decisions like affect other people and stuff like that too so you know he goes from it's a story where danny goes from being a boy to being a young man there are also very few villain like there are very few villains that feel like completely villainous that are like unambiguously bad yeah. For example, even Vlad uh, is complex. He's complex, but he's definitely more on the mostly evil side of things. It's well, it really shows that it's like Vlad is this way because of choices he makes. Like he chooses every time when he's like, "Could I be? Should I be good or evil?" He's like, "Evil. I should be evil." Yeah, you know, it shows that he always chooses to be evil. But like, he absolutely. Like, he does have, like, human feelings and has, like, done good things in his life and, like, can be nice to people. It's just that he is, like, bitter and angry and resentful. And so he chooses to be evil and push away, like, the good parts of himself, right? He's... He's a cautionary tale. Alignment systems. He's lawful evil. Yeah. Usually. Like... He'll usually, he, he does things with a purpose, and he takes advantage of people, but he will also save the world if literally there's no other way to not also die. <laughs> so, you know, com- complicated. Valerie is another one who, like, they are 
opposed for a while because Valerie thinks some shit about Danny that Danny didn't really have anything really to do with. And she wants to get revenge, but she's also a very sad character for a True while. Neutral. And you don't really feel um, like... Yeah, like even like something like somebody like Skulker is like lawful evil. You know, um, it's there's only a handful of characters like like characters who are like young, honestly, like Ember McLean and Youngblood are really the only characters that you could describe as like chaotic evil or something. Yeah, the I forget the name of the ghost that like showed up by stealing youth by making people depressed. Yeah, the, the, her she she's irredeemable but yeah and her her little crony by the way one of the like genuinely frightening fucking moment in that show in the second episode where they show up and her little crony guy transforms and it's like a very upsetting body horror moment where i as like a 30 year old woman was like ah no no what did he change into again i remember that i don't know something it was the transformation that was very upsetting like there was like a serious body horror it like eyes were doing things it was upsetting a lot of this also takes place like these care a lot of these characters show up in the context of a high school. Yes. So naturally we have like our jock character who is ugh uh we have okay we we have the Butch Hartman thing where the main male character is very infatuated by a very pretty popular girl. Yes. It's the again the Butch Hartman thing we discussed this with the fairly odd parents. That, like, popularity as a currency when you are a child. Like, the idea of, like, the, like, money being this, like, money making you more popular and also popular being, like, like, a sort of currency that, like, matters a lot to how you're treated by other people and what happens to you in the context of social circles when you are a child in a way that we we agreed when we discussed the fairly odd parents like is not like is not something we even like i was not a popular person and i'm still like no it's not like that <laughs> like that's not like real i i think that this version is much less cartoonish uh, paulina's wealth and popularity are much less exaggerated yes yes than yes. uh trixie's popularity was in the fairly odd parents mm -hmm. yes definitely but i would say like you know the idea of like you know there there are very clearly like there are popular kids and there are kids who are not popular and like danny and his friends are not popular and because of that like they are more likely to be like physically assaulted or like have other bad things happen to them in addition to just like social exclusion you know and it the way that tucker is a nerd and danny's kind of a geek and sam is a goth are those mm -hmm. are all also less exaggerated yes Yes, definitely. Though Tucker's pretty fucking geeky. Again, another black nerd showing up as a sidekick at a Butch Hartman uh, joint. Um, 
But like they they refer to Tucker as a techno geek, and I'm like, that's not something any human being has ever said. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I I it'll it I wish there was more Butch Hartman material to pour over because I would love mm-hmm. to see if these themes continue to reoccur. His own little tropes. Yeah, I do really enjoy in the in the final hour long episode. Uh, Tucker has like a filmed presentation that he shows people and at the end it goes like there's a big like splat that says like a Tucker Foley joint like um like Spike Lee and I thought that was really funny I unfortunately did not make it yes audience you heard yeah. it here I was bad mm-hmm. it's it's a great show though you should like it's worth it's worth your time it's it's really excellent so basically, the f- the formula of the show we've been a little uh, a little unfocused with this one. The formula of the show is like Danny is going about his life. He's having some kind of like normal teenage person issue, and then there are ghosts to fight, and the ghosts are either like creating the issue that he's having in his ordinary human life or they in some way like reflect or mirror that issue and through his defeat of the ghosts he also learns something about how to deal with his human issue and when he's danny phantom he does fun quips like he's spider-man yeah, he's he's a funny hero. He's got that he's got that quippy thing, and I like a lot of the puns are very bad, which I really appreciate. Yeah, they're fun. I enjoy it. Yeah. <laughs> a regular rogues gallery develops through these episodes mm-hmm. too. They do have unique situations that pop up, but there's sort of a recurring cast of ghost villains that show up. Skulker, who's like a bounty hunter for the the most dangerous or rare ghosts shows up a lot the oh my god the the therapist ghost and her crony who's that episode is great because it's very funny because like it's also very real and a very like i don't i don't know how much it would fly now but Mm-hmm. She shows up as a therapist and she makes kids feel depressed and steals their youth from them Yep. <laughs> Which is is great. There's the wishing ghost, Desiree, who's like a genie, mm-hmm. but she just like grants people's wishes whenever she hears them. But of course, they usually... Monkey's paw Yeah, they usually end poorly. But she's always defeated by being wished against, which I always really appreciate. Yeah, she yeah, like, definitely. Ha- and she's like, why did I grant that wish? Like, she has a choice not to, but she just reflexively does. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, so, and there's also, it's like, there are ghosts that are associated with, like, specific things. Like, there's Technus, the techno ghost. That's the one I was positive was voiced by Gilbert Gottfried, and it's not. It's Robert Paulson. Um... There's Youngblood, who is like a child ghost, but also a pirate, and he can only be seen by the young. Uh, There's Ember McLean, a rock and roll ghost, who like enthralls people to her with her with her voice. There's the lunch lady ghost. Um, I am also the my box favorite. Ghost. I was like my favorite. The box ghost. <laughs> <Who are? laughs> 
Beware! I have domain over all things square on cardboard! He's, he's, he's a very funny, annoying villain. I'm trying to think of a Spider-Man equivalent. But yeah, because it's like nobody gives a shit. He just shows up and he's like, I am the box ghost. They're like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Please go away. <laughs> um, and then there, of course, is Vlad Masters slash Vlad Plasmius, another half human, half ghost who uh, was friends with his parents, Danny's parents in college, is obsessed with Danny's mom, secretly hates Danny's dad and just like kind of wants to like ruin Danny's life in relationship to that. And basically becomes Danny's like arch rival and the main villain and to the point where like actually once you get to season three, it's like sort of like the ghost of the week thing kind of like diminishes. And it's like, okay, we're focused on the Vlad situation here. Like he moves, they, their town is called Amity Park, which I fucking love. Um, For because those like you, Amityville. Yeah. Amityville horror. I also am pretty sure Sam's last name her name is sam manson and i'm pretty sure that's in like that's definitely in reference to marilyn and or charles manson right um so that's good there's just like lots of nice little spooky like touches in the background um that are more for for adults i think uh so it's like in season three vlad actually moves to amity park from wisconsin (laughs) mostly what you know about where amity park is is not wisconsin um, there's a, there's a map at one point, though, that leads me to believe that it might be in, like, the Chicagoland area, but I'm not positive. Um, but, yeah, he moves to Amity Park from Wisconsin and becomes, uh, mayor. But up until that point, he is the cheese king of Wisconsin. The cheese so. king. <laughs> yes. He lives in a cheese mansion They make a lot of, they make a lot of joke, like, I think he, like... He, they make a joke about him trying to buy the Packers, but he can't. Yes, he like he's obsessed with the Packers. Yeah, um, that's like it doesn't come up much, but it'll come up at random times. It's like, why is everything green and yellow? It's like, oh, it's pack, it's Packers, you know. Um, and they also explicitly say that Vlad and Danny's parents attended the University of Wisconsin at Madison. I do like also that Vlad is constantly trying to steal. Danny's mom away, right? But yeah, she she's very on the level, and and it's so funny. They go out to visit his his a hunting lodge. Well, okay, visit is a, they get basically kidnapped. They get shanghaied into it. Yeah, I don't know if we consider that term racist now, but I think it applies here. Yes, I think I yeah I I, I explicitly I tried to avoid it because I I don't know either, but. The, if it is, I apologize. The um, <laughs> and they crash, and Danny's mom is like, "Danny, I need to." She's like going to put the moves on Vlad, but she's very <laughs> aware that she's just like using him, which I think mm-hmm. was very funny and also very weird because Danny was there. <laughs> yeah, I think it's it's interesting because like at first when Vlad's introduced, there is an indication that like like. Danny's dad, Jack, thinks that he and Vlad are the best of friends, right? And there's some indication that Maddie is kind of like, oh, yeah, like our old friend Vlad, our friend from college. But she rapidly realizes that he's been hung up on her since college and she's not cool with it. And she's like, so she becomes, she's like, oh, Vlad, you know, but she also doesn't think he's literally an evil villain. She thinks he's just like 
kind of creeping on her and wishes that he would cut it out. So, like, basically, he continues to be involved with their family because Jack is an idiot and, like, thinks that they're the best of friends, whereas, like, Danny and Jazz both know that he's literally an evil villain and, like, who is also half-ghost and Maddie's like, this guy is always, like, creeping on me. Yeah, and he's secretly causing so much pro- so many problems for them because they have a ghost portal and he uses that to his advantage and it's just mm-hmm. it, it's a very interesting dynamic that gets yeah. wrapped up with Vlad and the family. Yeah. I've got to say though, I love Jack Fenton. I love a giant dumb dad. Um I love that he invents all these things only half of which work, all of which have Fenton in front of it. You know, the Fenton thermos and the Fenton whatever, you know, and I like I like how shamelessly in love with his wife is. It's actually really cute. He's there they're like uh, he's like, oh, your mom did blah, 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 blah. Or he, like, sees her do something. He's like, man, that is hot. <laughs> and I'm like, that's cute. <laughs> he, yeah, he's he's got the right endearing to dumb ratio. Yes, for sure, for sure. Because he really, really loves his kids. He's just dumb, you know? And and he, hates ghosts a lot. <laughs> it's, it's amazing how well his stuff works when you think about it. I think the implication that it's is that it's really mostly Maddie who makes them work. Like Maddie's the competent scientist and uh, Jack is just kind of bumbling and just stumbles into things working occasionally. Although Jack did create the power armor that Danny uses to fight the Ghost King. Yeah, he also created the Fenton Thermos, which is Danny's most important tool. So uh, it's a thermos that he uses to suck the ghosts into. Why is, why is it a thermos, you ask? Because. Because. <laughs> because it is. That's what Jack made it. I don't know, because it's amusing, you know? Um, so during my watch of the show, like with all these characters, getting to know them, one one thing that I always really appreciated is that just like very odd, Fairly Odd Parents, the show's funny. It... Mm-hmm. I think the writing, they've like there's like a good sense of humor. The situations they set up outside of the fighting are very sitcommy, but in a good way. I think mm-hmm. that they make a lot of very good use of. There's nothing worse than having a superhero conceit and not using it to do other things in the show, like romance or comedy. And I feel like they do do that here. Yeah, he definitely like. Danny, one thing about Danny that is very much like being a 14-year-old boy is he has absolutely no compunction about using his powers to his advantage in his personal life. As long as he does not think that he will be revealed as half-ghost, he will absolutely use his powers to, like, trip dash, you know, or, like, you know, like, any kind of other thing like that. Um, There is one time where they show, like, like, a scrapbook, and there's a photo of him flying invisibly out of the girls' locker room, which, like, not cool, Danny, but, um, you know. (laughs) Okay, realistically, that's... He would, though. Realistically, he would, yeah. (laughs) I mean, think about yourself in middle school. If you had the power to go through walls and be invisible, are you telling me that you wouldn't have ever used them to do something that people would consider bad? I'm like, yeah, 
Tina Belcher is always like looking into the boys' locker room, so you know. <laughs> I keep forgetting. Oh my fucking god, Tina! Um, oh, I haven't watched that show in a while, and I need to go back yeah, me to either. it. But, yeah, for sure. Yeah, like I, I think it, it. We should be like, yeah, you shouldn't do that. That's definitely not cool. Mm-hmm. But. At the same time, like, the fact that it happens is not surprising to me. Yeah, for sure. It's like, you know, if he were, like, a grown-up superhero or, I don't know, Spider-Man or uh, Aang most of the time, he would be like, no, I, like, can't use my powers to, like, trip the guy who's bullying me and make him look like a fool or, like, overshadow him and make him say stupid stuff and stuff like that. Like, you, that's wrong. That's immoral. Danny's like, you know what would be great is if I tripped Dash and made him look like an asshole in front of everyone right now. I, I, and I will say that one thing that people can feel pretty weird about is the fact that ghosts, Danny included, can possess people and yes. force them to do and say things. And people feel very, you know, weird about Will stealing abilities, but... That is part of yeah. his kit, so to speak. Yeah, and he mostly doesn't do it, but he does it sometimes. And I also like they do occasionally refer to it as possession, but mostly they refer to it as overshadowing, which I thought was like a fun term for that. I was like, oh, yeah, like that's yeah, that works for that. That makes sense. But it's just straight up possession. It is. It's ghost possession. And yeah. it's pretty it's pretty surefire like it usually just straight up works oh yeah there's really never a time that it doesn't work which in ghost media there's like different levels of how much resistance a person can put up and this is definitely they they don't they don't (laughs) they They can't really can't really put up a fight um yeah like so i i also um I particularly enjoy the naming conventions of ghostly things in this show uh, because uh, basically it's just like add ecto to it and it becomes ghostly. <laughs> ecto me, <Yeah>. you know. <laughs> Ectoplasm is green in the yeah. show. It's like a green yeah. drippy material, which is very mm-hmm. uh, Ghostbusters. Yes, definitely. There's definitely some strong like Ghostbusters like vibes going on. Like like it's like uh, Jack and Maddie wear jumpsuits all the time, and Danny's ghost outfit comes from the fact that he put on a jumpsuit like when he got into the ghost portal, and so his ghostly clothing is is a jumpsuit. As as this show progresses. We see, you know, Danny, it, this is a superhero show. So like a lot of the emphasis on the action, which I do think like the action, you know, for the budget and for what it is, is actually pretty well choreographed and laid out and makes sense and is interesting. They never reuse frames and shit. And it all seems to have a pretty, a a pretty attention to detail touch for what it is. And mm-hmm, definitely. So the fight, like the fighting and the action is good. But what I was winding up to was that, you know, aside from the action, it is interesting to see things like 
play out in a tropey way, but not feel cliche or are, I guess, tired. Like Sam and Danny, for example. Like Sam is awesome. This goth chick who has rich parents and she's doing that thing, right? She's she's doing the Daria thing. And <laughs> she and Danny clearly like each other, but mm-hmm. it never develops into a relationship until the very end. Yes. Like, literally the very, like, the last episode is when they're finally like, oh, we like each other. <laughs> and, so, and, and they do this will-they-won't-they they thing throughout the show, and, like, of course, all this time, Dandy is also interested in Paulina, so there's... And Val at one point, also. And Val at one point. So, mm-hmm. you know, this... There's teenage romance in here, but it actually... I don't know. It actually... It it does drag out a little. But at the same time, awkward teenagers who are friends and don't want to mess up the friendship and are also into other people. It's just... It's so wholesome. <laughs> it's so wholesome. Yeah, it's it's touching. It's it's very touching. I um and it, what's kind of funny is that um you know like uh like literally fucking everybody knows, especially that like Sam has like got it bad for Danny and like literally everyone in her life keeps being like, are you like gonna tell him that you like him? Even to the extent that like, in a very early episode, Paulina gets pissed off at Sam and she's like, oh, you know what I can do to get back at her? Steal her man. And she starts like dating Danny to piss Sam off, you know? Only and Sam's just, just like, <laughs> sorry, go on. Only to discover that they aren't actually together. Yeah, yeah, for sure. But she's like, I don't think she cares because she just knows she knows that like, like Sam really likes him, you know, it's obvious like and everyone's just like, I don't know, like, like even at like one point, like Val's like, so like she's, I think it's Val that tells her she's like, if you're not going to make a move then I'm going to make a move. And so, you know, fucking deal with it. Uh, Tucker is like, Sam. Just tell him you like him, <laughs> like everybody in the world. And she never will. It's finally in the end, it's Danny that makes the move. Sam is reasonably worried, in my opinion, that Danny will not be interested in her because he's interested in other people. Yeah, it's 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 a it's a reasonable fear. We've all been a fourteen year well no, we haven't all been a fourteen year old girl. <laughs> you were about to say we've all been a fourteen year old girl. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes, yes. Uh, approximately 51% of the Earth has been a 14-year-old girl. <laughs> uh, or will be. <laughs> or will be, yes. Yes. Um, but yes, they eventually get together, and it's cute. It is. It is very cute. Um, I also, uh, a really fun um, thing in the show is... Um, there's there's some like human villains in the show also, a group of whom is the guys in white, which I uh, find extremely amusing. Um, so they're like it's it's the men in black except for you know they're the guys in white right and they're like completely fucking incompetent at being, you know like ghost hunters which I really there's a lot of little fun, like fun jokes and stuff like puns and things like that. Um, in there 
but you know, I uh, I completely no, lost my train of thought. No, it's okay. <laughs> We're, we've all been there. Yep. We've all been a fourteen-year-old girl. Uh, uh, one one thing that I really uh, appreciate as a psychologist is the use of jazz. So jazz is a high she's in high school. She's still a teenager, but she insists on being the most adult person in her family, and the mm-hmm. way that she does that is by like really going hard into lessons of psychology where she's dropping semi-realistic hit like notes about developmental psychology in her conversations with her family in the show. And mm-hmm. it's very funny to me because a lot, like a lot of what she's saying is like, yes, this clearly sounds like a writer looked up on Google something about psychology, and so a lot of it is like very fun, like wrong in a funny way. Mm-hmm. But I really liked, I really liked jazz. Yeah, there's even like a fun thing one time where there's basically an episode where Danny's. It- entire family thinks that he's going insane because he keeps like seeing a ghost that none of them can see and it's a recurrence of young blood wherein young blood's like why do you think they call me that it's because only the young can see me and jazz can't see him because she's so insistent on like being an adult despite being a child and like the sort of denouement of that episode is, is when she like Basically, Danny, like, picks at her until she's, like, forced to react like a child and retaliate. And then she's able to see the ghost and realize Danny's not going insane, you know? She had to enter the mind of a child. Did she? I think she threw a tantrum. Well, yeah, he was, like, uh, he was, like, copying her, throwing stuff at her. And she, like, she snapped and yelled at him and started retaliating, you know? Acting like siblings do. Yeah, doing sibling stuff. Yeah, exactly. Um, but she's she's cute. She she finds out that Danny is Danny Phantom in like the third episode. But she's like, but that's Danny's secret, and I'm gonna keep it for him until he's ready to tell me, and I won't tell our parents, you know. And she like she does. She protects a secret until the very last episode, in which the world might get destroyed. Um, and she feels that her parents like deserve to know that Danny is not in fact with them because he's off saving the world. And so she reveals a secret. I think that they, I think that they, they model a pretty good sibling relationship with both (laughs) its annoyances and its virtues. They, Mm -hmm. they love each other. Danny is a little bit of a shit with jazz, but then jazz also is sometimes pretty harsh. So they 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 do I think they do a pretty good job. But they, they clearly do a good job, yeah. Unlike the episode where Johnny 13 is going to like turn, you know, Jazz into a vessel for Kitty or whatever. Danny's like stay the fuck away from my sister. Like even though he's the little brother, he gets like protective and stuff, which I think is it's nice. They have a nice relationship. They Fair. have like they have like a nice loving family. I think it's nice. Um Sam's family is hilarious to me because her parents are like Sam is like cool and goth, but her parents are like like nineteen fifties Christian moralizers. <laughs> and they're they're bright and peppy, and they mm-hmm. have lots of money. Yeah, they're super rich. I think yeah. the show 
is pretty critical of wealth. Oh, yeah, definitely. Definitely. Yeah, Sam, like, um, there's, like, there's, like, a whole episode, basically. Like, Sam's known them since they were all, like, young children, and they've never been to her house because she's, like, embarrassed of her wealth, you know? And there's, like, an episode in which, like, she reveals to them that she is wealthy, you know? Like, I don't know how Dan- like, I don't understand how Danny's family- has food. No, no. Like this <laughs> is the pro- this, this is the problem because they they're clearly buying high tech equipment to build mm-hmm. things. How and neither they- Jack nor Maddie appear to have like a day job. Like, are they getting government grants? You know, like- <laughs> <laughs> they're funded by the NSF. <laughs> the the No Spooky Foundation. <laughs> <laughs> oh man but um no of course yeah not. but yeah it just doesn't make it's like how are they affording anything how does danny have clothes <laughs> i i have to assume that maddie has a side hustle where she's building things that are actually useful to people and selling them for top dollar yeah maddie has an etsy store that she uses to support the family <laughs> well i mean and also like what once the Fentons, you know, late season two, start to become well known as semi as ghost hunters. Ghost hunters. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So yeah. I have it's to. It's like, like they're not competent, but they're more competent than really any other ghost hunters around, except Val. Val's very excellent at ghost hunting. But she does it for vengeance. She does it for rage. But technically, the Fentons do too. Like, uh, they, they don't have any vengeance or anything like that, but, like, uh, Jack is like, I hate ghosts so much, you know? So there's times where, like, Danny's like, I should tell my parents I'm a ghost, and then Jack will be like, I fucking hate ghosts! And Danny will be like, okay, never mind. Not understanding, you know, in the way a child does, not understanding that, like, you're his son, like, he loves you, he would not, I don't, there's, there's a gay analogy here. Yes, and... One must look inside to see that in this relationship, there's conditions of worth placed on young Danny by... <laughs> I don't know why I'm doing a, a, a semi-Freudian thing, because what I'm yeah, talking for about sure. is Carl Rogers' idea of conditions of worth and the effect that it has on people's mental health. Danny has a for social sure. self that is very mm-hmm. divorced from his true self. Yeah, definitely. And But it's like, it's... What's cool about the show is, like, like, Jack is a good dad. Like, he's a loving parent. And, like, even as, like, as a viewer, it's, like, very clear to you. I think pretty sure even as a child it was pretty clear to me as a viewer. It's like, oh, well, Danny, like, your dad loves you. Like, if your dad finds out you're half ghost, he's not going to hate you because, like, he's your dad and you're his son and he loves you. You know, um, that's something... That's an insecurity inside of yourself, Danny, you know? Uh, Like, because it, like, I don't know, it's very clear through everything else about the Fenton family that, like, it wouldn't be, like, you know, a homophobic dad who would be like, no, fucking get out of my house or whatever. It would be like, oh, well, like, you know, I need to, like, rethink certain things. You know, you're my son and I love you unconditionally. Yeah, I think the alter ego thing is a little frustrating because it's so clear 
who he is and everybody it's, it's so Clark, fucking obvious it's, it's the fucking clark kent thing like clark I think kent it's, I, I looks think it's supposed like to superman be yeah i think it's supposed to be like a running bit because it's like they look exactly the same only color inverted and his name is danny fenton and the superhero is named danny phantom like he even points it out at one point he's like like really like <laughs> So I think it's kind of a running gag on Butch Hartman's part that it's like, oh, yeah, it's his secret identity. Somehow nobody knows. Yeah. Joe and I watched the most recent Superman show where they actually kind of tried to make it make sense that nobody knows that Clark Kent looks like Superman. But oh, my God. uh, Yeah, it's always been a conceit that I found very funny. (laughs) yeah you can't make it work robin you can't just slap on an eye cover and people won't know who you are all Um, white people look the same all white people look the same so (laughs) i i really enjoyed this experience and i think you know maybe the mid-2000s weren't nearly as bad as I remember it being. Yeah, no, I mean, this show is excellent. I've always had extremely fond memories of this show. Um, Yeah, it's uh, like, there's a lot of like really genuinely very funny bits um, in this that I, uh, you know, um, like did not remember. But uh, it's it's really it's a really really genuinely good show. Um, it's like touching. It's very funny. Uh, you know other other great things in this. Uh, the the high school is called Casper High. Um, when Danny Phantom first starts showing up in the news, the news doesn't seem to know that he calls himself Danny Phantom. And so for a long, and they also think he's evil for some reason. So for a long time, they call him Inviso Bill. (laughs) (laughs) And it's so funny because he he absolutely hates that name. He hates it. It's so fucking funny. Uh, Paulina, the object of his affections in the early days, does not care about Danny, but she is very much into the ghost boy. And even after he becomes revealed, she calls him Inviso bill for a long time and then even after he gets revealed as danny phantom uh she keeps calling danny the ghost boy but she's uh she's super into him uh which is a you know pretty funny little irony there um yeah it's just like lots of really funny like small bits in the show like even in the final episode which is mostly pretty serious there's like a whole um montage of like a rival set of ghost hunters who keep like undermining Danny and every time somehow Danny's uh phantom jumpsuit which I thought was like literally part of his body gets like blown off and you see him in his underwear and then it's intercut with a series of like newspaper articles where it's like positive about the rival ghost hunters and then it's like Danny phantom wears boxers (laughs) When he shows up in briefs, it's like Danny Phantom has Florida-shaped birthmark. And then the final one, he's in his briefs again, and it's like, Danny Phantom, naked menace? (laughs) (laughs) Uh, It's really fucking funny. It's just like a classic in his underwear joke, but it's really well executed. (laughs) Yeah, I think that if you would like to go watch it, it's it's worth your time, and I think that sure. it's something good that you can have on in the background. It is on um, 
Peacock? No. It's on something. It's on, uh, like, it's, I'm, I get it on Prime, but I have the Paramount Plus It's on, I think it's on, Prime. Par- I think it's on Paramount. Yeah, I think it's Paramount, yeah. So if you are looking for a way to, like, legally view it, um, you can access it through Paramount or the brilliant move on Amazon's part to begin basically offering all of the other streaming services as like a subscription that you can add through Prime. Like, way to go, Jeff Bezos. That's that's the move. God, I hate him so much. Yeah, I know, but it's so convenient. You're like, I don't have to have a million different passwords. I can just be like, they're like, would you like a free trial of Paramount Plus? And you're like, yes, I would. And then you're like, oh, there's actually a lot of really good stuff on Paramount Plus. And then you end up just having it, which is what happened to us. This is how they get you. It is how they get you because we like got it and we're like, we'll get rid of it right away. But then we're like, oh, like Frasier's on here and Reno 911 is on here. And <laughs> LOL like, rebooting Frasier. Yeah, I don't. Um, yeah, I don't know what's going to happen with that one. <laughs> so this has been our discussion of Danny Phantom. Um, uh-huh. uh He's got to catch them all because he's Danny Phantom. Well, he doesn't got to catch them all. That's Ash Ketchum. He's going to catch them all. It's a promise. That was so poetic. Yes. (laughs) Oh, my God. A cat just opened your door from the top somehow and was already climbing onto the top of the bookshelves from the time. Like, I don't understand what's on the other side of the door behind you that allowed that to happen. It looks like your cat flew in. Okay, there's the ladder for the cats on the outside. <laughs> that was fucking weird to see out of the corner of my eye. <laughs> I was like, how is the cat doing this? There's a cat ladder. <laughs> Oh, my God. Okay. Yeah, I feel like this was a throwback to our early days where it's like our discussion was kind of disjointed. <laughs> yeah, for sure. I mean, I hope you all enjoyed our free-willing I, I, discussion. I enjoyed it. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> okay. Well, um, you know, this has been a little longer than we intended, but, like, we are still trying for you to, like, be more consistent, get you content on a more regular basis. We are still committed to that. We are doing our very best. Um, but if you are, I don't I was going to say if you're not mad at us, but maybe even if you are mad at us, you can reach us on social media. We are, uh, Animates Podcast on Facebook. We are at Animates on Twitter. We can be emailed, animates at gmail.com, where the number, the numeral eight takes the place of the letters A-T. We also have a Patreon where we sporadically release bonus content and where you can contribute to us, uh, you know, being able to pay the, the hosting fees mostly. Um, so, you know, that would be really nice if you want to contribute to that. Uh, you're more than welcome to do so. We're also Animates Podcast on Patreon. Uh, we would also like to remind you, as always, to please rate, review, and subscribe to the podcast. That would help other people find the show, which would be really cool if they did. But for today, I have been Paige. And I have been Chris. This has been Animates, and as always, thanks for listening.